You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. It is our enormous privilege and pleasure to introduce you guys to some very dear friends of ours. We have Kim and Jed joining with us. They're going to share with us today um, who they are. Is They are an amazing couple, family, who lead a non-profit organization called Wide Awake International. They are based in Ukraine. And it is their vision and also our vision just to see the deinstitutionalization of the Eastern Europe's most marginalized children. Um, They do some fantastic work out there, you guys. Their passion is to bring hope and dignity and love and improved quality of life to some orphans with some special needs, again, in Ukraine. And the first video that we're going to show you guys is of their campus. It is of their new duplex. Um, And if you remember, you guys gave so generously um, and we were able to bless them back in early 2020. This is what that funded. So thank you guys so much for that. Over to you, Jed and Kim. All right. Hey, whole vineyard. Jed Johnson here. And uh, we are in uh, side B of the duplex. And it is a fully functioning home right now. And uh, in large part to your guys' partnership with the work here. So uh, filled with gratitude as we sit in this warm, beautiful home. And we'll take you around for a little tour in a bit. but we're going we're gonna to show you what you guys have been a part of. We're going to talk a bit about the history of Wide Awake and our work. Um, we're going to share a bit about the journey of simply saying yes to God. Yes to the next thing Jesus asks of us. And that's really all our journey has ever been, is the moments when he gives us the courage and the faith to say yes to the next thing. We try to do it, and we've ended up here in Ukraine, in a little village outside of the city, and um, it's a pretty exciting story. Come on, eight years since we moved out here, and um, yeah, six years since you guys have been working with us and sending folks out to us, and so we're super thankful um, just for you guys and all that you've done. And so today we're going to talk about the joy of saying yes. The simple joy of saying yes to the next thing Jesus asks of you. So uh, thank you guys so much uh, for the years of faithfulness to this work. It's really made a difference for some amazing people. So as you can see, it's a bit of a chaos on uh, side A. Uh, We're about 60% done and just uh, working away, trying to get it done. So we'll have a whole other home for four more guys to come live with families, not an institution. Uh, we're out here at our wood pile, and uh, we reclaimed this old cabin built in the 1870s. Um, all this old wood we're able to turn into beautiful furniture, and it's, um, it's just one of those great pictures of you know what people think is uh, sometimes think is just garbage or throw it away or burn up in a fire, like be restored and, and given new life and so um, as much as it's fun to reclaim all this old furniture it's also something something spiritual to uh, to say that you know a society that says people with disabilities are worthless they have no value and the truth is is the opposite is that everyone has immense value you just have to find it and you have to see it and, uh, and sometimes we need eyes of Christ to 
to see it and and it's in relationship with our friends with disabilities where you find uh, the beauty in them um, you look on the surface and and you don't understand but once you spend time you get to know our friends they they reveal Christ to us and, uh, and we get to reveal Christ to them so this old wood that turns into beautiful furniture and windowsills is just a, a picture for me of, of that beautiful transformation when you spend time with something what it can become I'm Kim. I'm Jed. And we are in Ukraine. Um, we've been with you a couple other times before, pre-COVID, so in five, five lifetimes ago. Uh, when the world was so much simpler. <laughs> we were all young and unaware. We could, anyway. We could plan for the future. Yeah. So we're in Ukraine. Um, we're the founders of Wide Awake International, and our goal is to deinstitutionalize people with disabilities in Ukraine. And our vision, the vision of Wide Awake, is to bring love, hope, dignity to people with special needs here in Ukraine. Uh, if you hear that pounding, it's construction. So, sorry. Yeah. It's hard um, to find a space that there's no noise. There's no space with no children and no noise. No. So, we wanted to give a bit of our history to you because um, I know that there's some of you who we've never met before. Uh, we were living in Oregon back in the U.S. and uh, I was a nurse. Jed was doing social work, some psychology with families at risk. And we were foster parents who always knew that we wanted to live overseas and help uh, orphans, serve orphans in some way. So we were foster parents for medically fragile infants, and God just dropped in our laps the issue of injustice in Ukraine, Russia, all over the former Soviet Union of people with disabilities being hidden away in institutions. We didn't know that that was still happening. Mm -hmm in this present day, but it is. And I just stumbled upon a couple blogs about people that were adopting kids with special needs from Ukraine, fully knowing that they had disabilities and choosing to adopt them. And we had always wanted to adopt, but we were, I was like, never special needs. Yeah. I could never do that, that's not me. Um, but we all know that you should never say never. Um, so I stumbled upon this blog of people that were adopting kids with special needs, and the whole world of that just opened up to me. It was actually the BBC story. You saw well, that, that was part of it, yeah, like a BBC special investigation about, actually it's called The Forgotten Children of Ukraine, I think, you can find it on YouTube. Um, and it's real, like it's not exaggerated, it's real that the horrors that you would think of, of like a mental institution hiding people away, like that's legitimately what's happening here. And so I just, God broke my heart for it like never before. And Jed came home from work and I was just like, whoa, I was like crying. And I just, like we have to do something. And, and Jed was like, well, there's tons of different plenty of injustice in the world. Like, why do we have to do something about this one thing? Like, why don't we pray about it? Which, you know, it's good to have somebody in the couple that wants to pray. <laughs> and so we started praying about it. Really felt strongly like God was asking us to adopt a child with special needs. So, uh, from Ukraine. So we started pursuing that with paperwork and stuff. And then the boy that we were hoping to adopt was adopted by another family. 
And so that really put a halt to that yeah. dream. But we knew God had spoken. Yeah. So we were just like, okay, God, we knew you spoke, but like, why would you lead us down this road only to have that door close? Um, and I was out working in the garden and just like talking to God. Well, I, you know, my heart is broken now. For, and I thought this boy was our boy. We just need to go get him. And, uh, and I just remember God saying, you know, um, you get this picture in your mind um, about like what you're going to do. Um, but I work with you in the process all along the way. And I needed you to fall in love with this little boy because I'm giving you a heart for lots of people just like him. Like, well, what does that mean? Um, I went inside and told Kim, and she's like, I know, we just need to adopt another one. I was like, hold on, let's, let's, let's pray. pray. Let's pray. <laughs> And, uh, and so um, we just felt like, you know, me working in the nonprofit world, let's, let's go find a really good nonprofit that's doing this work and we can support them. We, you know, we have great jobs. We've got plenty of extra money. We can advocate. We can do all that stuff. Um, but when we came over, actually, we met uh, your founding pastor, Jeremy Cook. And then, um, Josh then? We, oh no, Josh wasn't there. Oh, yeah. we didn't know Josh was waiting yeah. for us. Yeah, <laughs> he was waiting all along. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but, so they, Ukraine was, the vineyards there were doing a national conference and we just happened to be at the same time. And so we met Jeremy and a bunch of other folks uh, from around the UK vineyard and the US vineyard and then obviously the vineyards in Ukraine. Um, but while we were there, what we encountered was just what you'd expect, just the treatment of people with disabilities to be hidden away. It's just, um, there's just no words for it. Um, and there's lots of needs in the world, but I remember Kim and I getting ready to go to this institution. We hadn't been to one yet and we were on our way there and we were thinking like, what if it's not like what we think it's going to be like? Or what if it's truly terrible and we really, like, it's in our hearts to help. Yeah. What if it's truly terrible and we get there and we just, like, we can't, do it. can't handle it. Like That's too much. Like, too overwhelmed. Yeah. But I remember we got there. And, and it was terrible. It was horrible. But we were surrounded by these boys that, you know, were just covered in all their own body fluids and walking around, but they were just like grabbing us and holding <laughs> us and smiling. And we just looked at each other with tears in our eyes like, these are our people. Yeah, this is what we were made to This do. is what we're made for. And uh, it's not so romantic, uh, but it's, it's what God made us for. And um, to be right in the middle of God's will, you can't, can't put a price on that. You can't, uh, uh, yeah. So anyways, so we spent the next year and a half uprooting our lives. We were pastoring, volunteer pastoring at a vineyard there in Salem, Oregon, and all the responsibilities of church stuff and, you know, professional work and just lives that you dig into your community. Um, and so we just uh, spent the next year and a half, yeah, uprooting our lives. We started a nonprofit organization um, and just, yeah. Went to move to Ukraine. Yeah, I had to go, 
moved to Ukraine. But because well, we saw that there were a lot of kind-hearted people in yeah. Ukraine doing nice things for orphans, but it was mainly for orphans that were typically developing, um, and it was more like going in, doing like a Sunday school program, singing some songs, giving some candy, and leaving. And it was enjoyable for the people that could enjoy that. Yeah. But for people like the guys that we work with, they could barely handle human contact. Yeah. And so these people just coming in and putting on this program was like not helpful for them. It was actually even traumatizing for them. And the only solution that we saw was to get them out. Yeah. And adoption is really only an answer for very, very few. Most yeah. of them are already adults or their parents still have their parental rights. And so adoption is great. For about 5%. Yeah, for a very small percent. And the rest are just stuck for life unless there's another way. Yeah. So that was our dream. And I remember the last night we were sitting in Ukraine praying like, oh, what do you want us to do? And Pastor Andy Larkin uh, from Vineyard in UK was preaching, and he was uh, using a story from Henry Nouwen's book, In the Name of Jesus, which has been foundational for us. And Henry Nouwen had like uprooted his whole life and his whole trajectory and went and became uh, a minister, a priest for a community of people with disabilities. And I just remember saying, okay, God, like, like, what, what do you want? And he's like, if you go there, I'll bless it. Or you can stay back and serve in your city in Salem, and I'll bless that. And I was like, wait, I can't, wait, choices? And, and then I remember thinking, wait, if we go, you'll bless it. You'll start getting these people out. You'll do that. He's like, yeah, bless it. That's it. We're yeah. done. We, we, like I said, went back and uprooted our lives and moved there. But it, it's, there's so much that was happening at that time, and it can get fuzzy and confusing. And following Jesus, honestly, can get fuzzy and confusing. Early on, when we were just praying about it, we were talking with people. Uh, we weren't talking with people yet, actually. Um, we had some people come and share some words with us about um, just say yes to the next thing. Um, God's got something really big for you. Say yes to the next thing. That You're only responsible to say yes to the next thing God asks of you. Um, and that's been our, that's what we do. That's how we do what we do is we just ask God, give us the courage to say yes to the next thing you want of us. And um, when it's mattered, we've had the faith and the courage to say yes. And, um, and so we're going to tell you a little bit about what's happened over the last seven and a half years since moving our, our lives over to Ukraine. So seven years ago, when we came with the dream of deinstitutionalization, we actually there was no laws in place for mm. that. Um, there was no mechanism to get people out of institutions. So what we were wanting to do wasn't even really legal. Um, but we just knew that that was the way we were supposed to head. Um, we started volunteering at an institution in a rural, outside of a rural town, about 45 minutes from where we live now. And just going there once a week, being a positive presence with the boys. You know, we weren't really changing anything about their situation, but just showing them, just being Jesus in that dark place. Mm -hmm. And then we started going a second time a week. Yeah. And then um, 
we started bringing some teenagers from the university. And in the beginning, we were just fighting for basic rights for the boys, like the nannies who'd been working with them, working there, taking care of them for some for more than 20 years, didn't even know their names. They no. didn't even call them by their names. So just finding out first, what are their names? And then just addressing them by name, talking to them, telling them what we're going to do before we do it, just fighting for them to get the basic, their basic needs met, and then some. Um, we have this dream to get them out of the institution, start advocating for the boys who could be adopted, advocating for their adoption, and since then, seven or eight boys have been adopted by American families. And so everybody that could be adopted has been adopted. So that was great. Yeah. Um, but we still had a dream of like, what about the other 95% of people with disabilities that are locked away in these institutions that will never get adopted, they can't be adopted. And our dream was these family style homes where um, the boys would come out and they would live with the family and, um, and they would be part of the family because we're made for family. God made us for family. So. One thing that we learned with our yeses along the way, and we're still learning, definitely don't have it down, we'll be learning it forever, yeah. is that when you say yes to Jesus, you have to say no to other things. Yeah. You can't say yes to Jesus fully and keep saying yes to everything that you want to do too. Like, Jesus wants it all. Yeah. And I'm still, like, not still, I'm still. After seven years, that's not even very long, but like I'm not giving all of myself to Jesus. I want to. I desire to. I say yes to him, but I still say yes to me a lot, or I'm still like holding back pieces of me like, well, if I say yes, then can I still have like this little part of me that is just mine? And, and Jesus keeps just saying like, nope, give me more, give me more, give me more. And I know that. That's where, like, when I do say yes, that's where the true joy is found, not in the little parts that I say for myself. So our first big yes, obviously, was moving to Ukraine. So we had to say no to our home culture, no to being near our families, no to speaking English. <laughs> that might be the worst one of all. We love well, we English. We love English. <laughs> even, even though we don't speak the Queen's English. <laughs> So many extra views. English is the best. I'm sure you're all aware. That's so easy. Anyway, and then like, and then the next yes, you know, was God asked us to actually to adopt. And we didn't. When we moved here, we thought we weren't going to adopt. Yeah. How do you pick a kid when there's like a, an institution full of like 80 people that need homes? But God really put one boy on our heart, 15 year old. His name is Vlad. Vladik. Some of you have met him? No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so in 2015, we adopted Vlad. He was 15 at the time. Um, that was a big, we felt like that was a big yes. Because we were saying no to being empty nesters. We're saying no to like all of our kids leaving the house. Because Vlad will always live with us or like right by us. Like he'll always need us. So that was a big one. Um, in late 2017, God had a bigger yes for us. Yeah. Um, we were had already moved out into the village, remodeled the house. Well, I didn't do any of that, but we remodeled the house. 
and we were going to be the first pilot home for this deinstitutionalization, family style homes, because we felt it was really important that we did it so that we could help others. We would know like what we're asking other people to join us in. So we took guardianship of Boris. He was 25 at the time, about the size of an eight-year-old, um, nonverbal, self-harming. Self-harming, that was the biggest. He couldn't feed himself, he didn't go to the toilet, like, but from the moment we first started going to the institution, like, he just was ours. Like, mm -hmm. God just put him on our hearts. Mm -hmm. And so we took guardianship of him. And that was big because to say yes to Maurice, we had to say no to ever moving back to the U.S. Because yeah. the guardianship is forever. We couldn't adopt him because he was already an adult. But, like, it's like a marriage until death do we part. Maurice is ours. We're responsible for him. He needs us. And so... That, like, that day, bringing him home was just like, okay, this is big. Yeah, this, this is big. Um, and then in 2018, in the fall of 2018, we had space for a couple more guys in our house. So we took guardianship of Anton and Ruslan. Um, at that point, counting Vlad, because we had adopted Vlad, then we had a baby. That was a big surprise. We had six kids and Boris, and then we took guardianship of Ruslan and Anton. And they were from the same institution as Vlad and Boris. And that was, we didn't realize it, but that was ushering in the hardest season of yes ever. You say that 2019 was our 2020. Yeah. A pandemic can't touch us. We lived through 2019. Yeah. It was like, we felt like we had given all. But then when we had Antonio and Ruslan in our house, it was like stripping us bare of everything. And sleep, sleep privacy, any me time. Like... <laughs> We would like get jealous of the other person that they went to the toilet. So it was like, wait, you get to be alone for a second. No fair. <laughs> anyway, but it was just they were they were thirty years old and thirty one years old and just so extremely broken yeah. in every possible way. And we just, we thought we were prepared. How can you really be prepared? There's no handbook for this. There's nobody who's gone before us. Yeah. And it was just wholly ter terrible. Yeah. Terrible. It was terrible. You can't cross the truth. <laughs> I want it. I want it. That's the only words to describe. Yeah. No, it was really difficult. And, um, but, and in the, t in that time, like, we felt like we knew God asked us very clearly to take Ruslan and Antoine, but it didn't. We had to keep going back to that because when the reality of them living with us was so difficult that it felt like God, like you surely you you if you knew this was coming, like why would you ask us to do yeah. this? Like how are you caring for us? Um, it just felt so dark and heavy. Um, yeah, it was hard. It was hard, but you know. We had to know. You know what you know to be true in the light, you know. Can't 
dark. Yeah. Something like so, that. Something like that. Um, but we were learning that one tough. And so then um, we went to the uh, the Vineyard UK National Conference. National Conference in January 2020. Remember? Remember that was just before. We were all together. We were all together. Nobody knew I was around the corner. We felt in control of our lives. <laughs> Remember what that was like? Remember hugging people? <laughs> we were like not being afraid of people in public. Yeah. Well, Ukraine's already over that. We're not afraid anymore. Yeah. yeah. We, we should be a little more than we are. Yeah, maybe. So, um, but yeah, we were there and. Um, Nick Sutton had met with us, and he just uh, uh, really laid into us about um, some of the ways we were caring for each other and uh, and caring for ourselves. And that you can give your whole life to God. You can lay everything down. You can die daily um, with wisdom, and you can care for yourself even in that. And that God gives us space to do that, and, and he, he calls us to it, he even commanded the Sabbath. Um, Maybe we were carrying burdens that he wasn't asking us to continue to carry. Yeah, yeah, and Nick was great, he spoke to us, um, we had just a great time with you guys, um, all your prayers over us, had a great time meeting with uh, John and Joni, and just as you guys had stepped into leading the whole vineyard and just speaking life to us and reaffirming your commitment to us was so meaningful. And we went home, like our hands were still dragging the ground. We were tired, 20, like 2019 was horrid. Um, but 2020 actually turned out to be like an amazing year. And we talk about, yes, what we experienced in 2020 was the joy of saying yes. Um, well, like, we had all these words spoken over us before we moved to Ukraine, while we've been there, like, joy is going to follow this work. Yeah. Joy is going to follow this work. And we're kind of being like, I don't feel like there's going to be any joy. Like, it just felt like we were fighting, 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 fighting against injustice, fighting against, like, spiritually fighting, yeah. fighting against government systems yeah. and it was like literally come through at night with an yes like boy. it was like there were moments of joy yeah. obviously yeah. but there didn't feel like I could say joy is following this work it yeah. just felt really hard and but then, yeah but 2020 was it um, and what what made it that was one, we were able to get Ruslan and Anton into homes, into apartments where they could feel more safe, they could have more control in their environment. Um, we could focus in on some of Anton's health issues with dietary needs and stuff, and they're doing amazing. Mm -hmm. um, they're at peace with their world. Um, we still, Jed's still their guardian, yeah. but they live with our team members. Yeah, and so, uh, so that was a huge help, just in the daily routine, but also um, those volunteers Kim spoke of, the teenagers, um, they had about six years ago, one of one group, a little cohort of three, started interning with us, and they were going to the institution three days a week to do some basic um, occupational therapy work, um, and then, uh, and then they, uh, from there, 
they went on to start studying and get their master's work done, and the second cohort started, and then they went on to do that. And so all those students were coming back with their master's degrees in physical therapy, occupational therapy, um, special education, psychology, social work. Um, and so they were coming back with a lot of passion. They invested their whole lives into this um, and, some, and some great skills and some great vision. And so it was just, they came back and infused our team um, with that. And so um, that's exciting. The next home was finishing up. We're sitting um, in it right we're now. We're sitting in it right now and we give you, we'll give you a tour of that. Um, that home, or maybe we already did give you a tour. I don't know how the video is going to turn out. <laughs> um, uh, so there's that. Um, An American uh, couple yeah, has vineyard. joined us from a vineyard church. They did the heroic. They were part of the heroic leadership institute. It's an American thing for college or like people coming out of high school, mm -hmm. like gap year type thing. Mm -hmm. They visited us in 2019. One group of them. And this couple got married afterwards, mm. and they came here in January to be the house parents in this house, yeah. and will be with us for a year, hopefully two, at least one year, but maybe two or fifty. Yeah, or fifty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that That's was twenty twenty, and then into twenty twenty one. So, um, the thing about saying yes to God, I mean, we've learned so much about it. But when you say yes to him, you're stepping into his story, which he was writing a long time before you and will write it a long time after you. And so the weight of the story is not on you. When you say yes to him, it's his story and you join it. And it's ups and downs and there's confusion and uncertainty, but all you have to do is say yes to the next thing. Um, and that's what 2020 for us was, was like, wow, getting to see all the fruit of it. Um, really exciting and in 2020 we saw three more the three of the last boys from the institution adopted and so every single adoptable child from the institution was adopted even in the middle of a pandemic they yeah. were adopted which yeah. is insane yeah which is crazy um and so when we're thinking about our season right now where we've you know our illusion of control is gone right like we used to feel good about our 10, 15, 20 year plans, and, um, but all that's gone. And now we're just trying to learn how to be Christians, how to be the church, how to follow Jesus in this new world that we have. And I was just asking God, like, what, what's the encouragement for us? What, what do you want to speak to us? And God gave me John 15, and so I'm going to read John 15 to you. And so if you want to grab your Bible and pull out... Uh, John 15, I'll be reading from the NIV. Um, but as I read this, I want you to just breathe, maybe close your eyes, maybe read along, um, but receive these words from Jesus because Jesus was talking to disciples, his group of guys. This is the Last Supper. He's getting ready to go, and they're still fighting over who's going to sit on the right and left. They think he's going to create this new kingdom where there's going to be um, a new government and Rome is going to get overthrown and all the injustice in the Jewish faith is going to get turned upside down and they're going to be on top because they're with Jesus. They're with the new king, right? And so they have this whole idea, but Jesus knows that that's not going to happen. And so 
he knows these guys are dreams or ideas, what they thought, their view of control and power, it's all going to be turned on his head. And so what does Jesus say to them? And what does Jesus say to us in this time? And so um, I just want you to hear these words of Jesus. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I have also re remained in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you this wish to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friend. You are my friends <clears throat> if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command love each other. And so, <clears throat> when everything is confusing and you're unsure, and even in this season as a church, you're, you're dreaming about your future and your vision planning, um, remain in His love. Trust in Him. Um, start your day abiding in Him. Abiding with Him. And what does abiding look like? Well, what does that mean? To paraphrase uh, Kierkegaard, he talked about um, loving God who loves us first. And He's Christ who loves us first. And so in the morning when you wake up, before you look at your phone or the news feed, you turn your eyes towards Him. And He's already there loving you first. As you go through the day, and <clears throat> you're trying to do everything that it takes just to get through your day, you stop and you take a breath and you say, come Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. And he's already there loving you first. And as you lay your head down on your bed at night, all the stuff that happened with all the weight and all the joy and all the stuff going through your mind, you just turn your gaze towards him and he's already there loving you first. Because he's the God that loves us first, not just once, but always. And so um, in this season, that's my encouragement. That's our encouragement to you, is that you would just abide in Him. Be with Him and watch Him transform you. Watch Him be the word of peace in your life when you're unsure about the future. And watch Him, watch him bring joy as you follow Him. And, and it's that long obedience in the same direction, that consistently saying yes to Him. And you're going to see the fruit of that. But that formation just doesn't come tomorrow. It comes in time. And so as you say yes to him, you find yourself slowly being formed to be more like Christ. And we have a long ways to go, for sure. But, um, 
But that's what we've learned, that, that the formation to Christ's likeness, there is the sudden work that he does, and the come Holy Spirit, and the healings, and all that. We long for it, we cry out for it, and we love it when it happens. But then there's just the long, steady obedience of simply saying yes to the next thing. Even when you don't see the fruit, you just say next yes to the next thing and you remember the last thing you said and you keep doing that and you watch him have his way and you watch him write his story in your life in your church in your community in your family just to wrap it up because we've been talking a long time um just to share like you know we talked about some of the hardship of saying yes but the joy that's followed and and just you know there's no better place to be yeah like, even in the hard times, like, I've never doubted that we were supposed to keep doing this. Yeah. I never wanted to do something else because it's very, like, fulfilling and, like, soul-satisfying to know that you're just walking in obedience, like, mm-hmm. the best you can. Yeah. Like, we fail, but we get up the next day and we try again mm-hmm. and, and rely on Jesus to help us. But some of the joy that's coming is... Um, We've got people living in this duplex. Our, one of our guys, Anton, is living here on this side with Max and Morgan, our American couple. Our American couple. And then... In the next 50 years. And then next is we're just waiting on like a, a, a committee decision to give us guardianship of Sasha, a 15-year-old that's in the institution, and he'll live here in the duplex. Um, and then the second side is about 60% finished. Yeah. Um, and then that will be also a forever home for four more boys mm-hmm. and whoever's going to live with them. If any of you want to come and join us, we mm-hmm. need more hands. Yeah. Um, but these are forever homes. You know, the people that help will come and go, but for these boys, we really want it to be their forever home. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's where we're headed. Yeah. And we're working more with... Um, some boys and some men in our community that have special needs that live with their parents, you know, just helping their parents plan for the future. And um, they're getting older, and if they don't make a plan, their sons will go to the institution. So that's also bringing us joy, working with them and those moms and being an encouragement to them. But, yeah, there's a lot going on. Just thank you guys for your support over the years, your encouragement. Like, you know, John... And Jeremy before him, and Jeremy now too, both of them just really making an effort to know that they care about us and, and just pastoring us through some difficult times. And, you know, our, our, the church we came from in the U.S. has, like, struggled. really struggled while we've been here. And so your church, the leadership of your church, yeah. Jeremy, Josh, John, like, just have really like met a a soul need for us and really been an answer to our prayers. So we want to thank you for sharing them with us. Yeah, thank you. And just for loving us when we come and visit you. It's always special for us. So we love you. We're thankful for you. We can't wait to see you next time we come around. Yeah, whenever. I don't think you let us in right now. Yeah, we can't come in. Someday. Um, Someday. Americans can't go anywhere right now. Yeah. It's very weird. But you guys can come here. <laughs> Ukraine won't let anybody in. <laughs> Come on over. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Hall Vineyard podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect.
and stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon. Thank you.